Hello and welcome to the Game Theory Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Vecini. We're presented by CLNS Media. Today on the show, well, we had to make a bit of an adjustment. So originally, this was going to be a two-part podcast featuring uh, Ricky O'Donnell at the top talking about the Bulls and then Dieter Kurtenbach talking uh, about TV ratings and the NBA and the NBA's business model and a lot of different things that Dieter and I are really interested in. Unfortunately, uh, I recorded the first part of the podcast with Ricky earlier on Tuesday and uh, had a bit of an issue with the audio on my end. That'll still get released. It's just going to come later in the week. But the part that I recorded with Dieter ended up being like an hour and a half anyway. So I'm just going to release this for you guys here and now, uh, and then release the part with Ricky O'Donnell later in the week. So before we get there though, I do just want to shout out our sponsors over at bet online. Uh, Look, football season's in full swing. You guys know that I like to gamble on football. Uh, I also like to gamble on NCAA basketball. And I'm on a pretty hot streak right now. I think I'm up like four, four and a half units so far this year. Uh, and I'm really excited that college basketball is back in full swing. Uh, get into the game with our exclusive sports betting partners at betonline.ag. Sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit to start betting on college football, professional football, college basketball, and my case specifically every spread every total every winner or loser straight bets parlays teasers whatever you're looking for go to betonline.ag you're going to get the fastest to market odds updates and payouts with our new sportsbook partners at betonline.ag head on over to the website today or use your mobile device to join and use that promo code clns50 to receive your 50 percent welcome bonus that's clns50 uh, over at betonline.ag so yeah this podcast is just going to be Dieter and i riffing about uh, nba ratings and business models and then at the end we talk a bunch about uh, movies that we've seen recently and uh, some of the stuff that I've liked this year. I kind of give a little bit of a rundown on what my five favorite movies are of the 84 now that I've seen this year. So uh, the next voices you'll hear will be Dieter and I talking about uh, the NBA, its ratings, its business model, and where the league goes from here. All right, as mentioned at the top, Dieter Kurtenbach is here. We are going to talk about the NBA and whether or not it should care about the fact that TNT ratings are down right now. It's worth noting that as far as I know, it's only the TNT ratings. I looked into it a little bit today, um, just in terms of stuff that has been public. ESPN's ratings are pretty stagnant uh, and ESPN or ESPN's ratings are stagnant. TNTs are the ones that are down. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I have talked about ratings before. And for right. people who have not listened to those podcasts before, um, I would implore you to do so. The reason that I find it as fascinating as I do is like I worked at Nielsen for like a year right. and worked in their custom research department. And I can't like get into specifics on stuff that I did. But, you know, a lot of stuff was working for clients who are ostensibly TV channels mm-hmm. and they wanted to know viewership trends. Right. And, and, and you killed a guy. I mean, other shift, than that. Yeah, other than that. And shifting viewership trends, right? right? And like how people consume this stuff. So it's something I've always been intensely interested in. Um, I, you know, who knows? I could still be working there if I didn't end up getting a job in basketball. Um, 
Dieter is just interested because why? Uh, because it's existential to the league itself. I mean, I, I, I don't uh, prescribe to the. Um, I, I just I don't suspend disbelief that this isn't an entertainment product that is made for television. And so when ratings are down, that means that, in my opinion, the league is down because the league is essentially a TV show. So yeah, I disagree with that premise wholeheartedly. <laughs> so. Just from where this, I believe this article came from Sports Media Watch, mm-hmm. um, basically saying that TNT averaged a 0.6 rating and 909,000 viewers from Mavericks Knicks, um, and a 0.49 rating and 776,000 for Nets Nuggets on Thursday, marking the network's sixth straight NBA games with fewer than a million viewers, including ESPN. Nine games have failed to crack the million viewer mark thus far, compared to 12 all of last season so um why do you why are the alarm bells up for you i guess i will well, say I'll, I'll first uh i'll first present a caveat like i i do believe that the nfl's ratings monolith and their improved thursday night football product is directly affecting TNT. tnt's ratings totally agree and i will also say that like given the fact that it's tnt given the fact that um you can you can just like kind of you know have matchups that look better at ESPN. Like I think mm-hmm. ESPN has had a lot of the LA games so far, and like the LA games have been pretty good ratings wise. Right. Um, you know you you can look at matchup based stuff on this small of a sample and say like oh I guess TNT just you know had to have Nets Nuggets right, and that's just not going to draw like a crazy amount. Hundred percent. And let's also establish that ESPN has a hype machine built into it. So you don't have to change the channel to get both the hype and the content in and of itself, which is, I think, huge. Uh, you have to make it an appointment to to go to TNT. Now, obviously, the guides and such, the way that we consume television or whatever the hell television is in this day and age, uh, makes it a lot easier. But you have to make a conscious decision to change the channel from ESPN to TNT in order to um, in order to watch the game. And I, I do think that. Uh, that that creates some sort of a barrier to what percentage I couldn't say it might be minuscule. It might be massive, but uh, uh, I, I, my, my general stance on all of this is that I'm not, I'm not that surprised. Uh, it is probably being overhyped. Uh, I, I would agree with you in, in that sense to the degree in which it's overhyped. I think we're going to disagree. I, I think that the league has a legitimate existential issue here. By the time that they come up for new negotiations with ESPN and Turner, yes, the money will go up, but by the percentage, um, but not by a percentage that I think that they're going to be all that happy with, because ultimately this product is not delivering for the national broadcast TV partners. Uh, There is some indication that local TV broadcast partners aren't too thrilled with the NBA product these days uh, as well. And I think that that, you know, clearly so shows. I, I disagree that, with that for what it's worth. Um, I, when you're when you're good, it's going to be up. The issue is what happens with mediocre and bad teams, and and I think that the the data shows that the, you're not getting the same sort of market saturation that you used to uh, in terms of ratings. Maybe not eyeballs, but ratings percentage um, with with those mediocre and, and lower level teams. So where I disagree on any of the, like, I do not think that the product of the NBA itself has anything to do with ratings. Now we can talk about, mm. we can talk about the fact that I believe that ratings very clearly are going down and there is a discussion to be had about how 
detrimental this is to the league. I think Mm -hmm. that it is detrimental insofar as I am sure the NBA would be very happy to keep the status quo of ESPN and TNT paying them hundreds of millions of dollars to a billion dollars every Mm -hmm. year to keep their rights on their network. Um, Having said that, ultimately the way this works is that TNT has to be able to make the money back they expend on every game by advertising the game uh, on their channel. Like they need to be able to sell Mm -hmm. ads, you know, on Thursday nights, particularly ads tend to be for uh, cars, for movies that are coming out on Friday. It's it's the typical, it's the typical 25 to 54 year old male programming commercials. And it's why, you know, sports talk radio, despite the demise of terrestrial radio is still a viable industry that that market group buys more than anything else. In particular, they buy big, money items and they basically what you were saying they tend to buy them on the weekends (laughs) as well as why like for thursdays particularly which is what we're essentially talking about here because again Mm -hmm. espns aren't really down um Mm -hmm. for thursdays particularly they have to tnt has to be able to go to bud light go to ford go to uh whatever company is marketing zales whatever company is marketing uh your latest warner brothers movie because a lot of the the you know companies Mm -hmm. out here tend to have consultancies do the marketing for them Mm -hmm. um have to be able to go to those people and say hey we want more money from you despite the fact that our ratings are going down and there's a way to do that you can sell the scarcity of being able to find 750,000 people that are willing to watch any singular thing at once that are not on a streaming platform that does not sell watching anything watching anything live these days is a scarcity in and of itself it is so I'm not going to sit here and say that the world is falling even if ratings are down because I don't think that it does because I still think that the leverage that these networks hold is still incredibly high Mm -hmm. I agree now Where we get into a question of how much this matters is generally it just comes down to the status quo and how much the NBA NBA wants to keep it, right? Right. Uh, On some level, part of me is very interested in the ideal. And I talked about this with my buddy Jack Appleby on Twitter. Um, I think it's Juicebox CA. And like we talked about the idea of the NBA essentially starting a Netflix for the NBA. And... Basically, what would have to happen is your amount of money coming in from subscriptions would have to pass the amount of money that you're getting from these digital rights plus advertising um, that you can still sell uh, in addition to the digital rights uh, along the curve of of monetary funds. Right now, I don't think that we're at a stage where that is doable. Um, well, well, Sam, let me let me let me interrupt you real fast. If I'm I intrigued, but I'm intrigued in that idea long term before I, we get to what you're going to say. So continue. it's a new, it's a it's a new revenue. No, I'm I'm, I'm going to engage on that point because I think it's interesting. It's a new revenue stream that you can, in theory, make up the difference, whatever whatever the delta might be between expected revenue and actual revenue coming in. Because I think this is maybe the key point. You, you mentioned it with status quo. Okay, what, well, what is the status quo for the NBA? Are they cool with a 10% boost in ratings, or have they gotten um, have they gotten a, a 10% the boost things? in ratings, or a I'm 10% sorry, boost sorry, in, in, uh, in digital money coming in? 
Yeah. No, well, I'm talking I'm talking about in broadcast television rights. When those when that comes up in 2024 or 2025, one or the other, are they going to be cool with not getting the percentage that I think that they expect? I think that they expect that every TV deal from here on out, or at least they sh- they should probably be thinking about this if they want to, you know, be good at business, is that the same jump that they had a few years back, right? That one that brought them up to 9 billion dollars uh, for the TV deal. That that kind of jump should be expected in every new negotiation. And I just don't know if they can pull that off. I don't know if that expectation, I'll be fair, I don't know if that expectation exists. And if it doesn't, um, maybe you need to get somebody else in charge of the NBA because that that should be the goal, especially when the NFL's kicking ass and getting more and more money from um, networks every single year. But, um, you know, coming in and saying, okay, well, we didn't get what we wanted from Turner and ESPN or whomever else, uh, is bidding in the next go around, but we're going to turn League Pass into Netflix. Like they already have League Pass, they're already getting three hundred bucks from everybody or two fifty, and it's a shitty product. To be fair, like they they haven't really put the time. Yeah, and I think that's it. a big issue with all of it. They really need to invest some cash. Honestly, they should just pay like Bam Tech or whatever to fix the product. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But even then, like you're dealing with two fifty, no local. I mean, now you're just tranching it. Oh, I, I think I, that for what it's worth, I think they would bump up the price. Um, yeah, probably. And then somehow get the local affiliates on board. I mean, you'd have to bump it up big time. Yeah, the local affiliates do cause issues here, I think. In terms I mean, of- and, this is, and this is just what my, I guess this is my overall point. I just don't think that the NBA's revenue is going to increase the way that it had before, given the current scenario out there. Yes, it will go up because there is a scarcity, but I don't think the scarcity makes up for the decline in, in ratings and, and their interests being sort of ported over to the big giant ocean of the internet, which cannot produce revenue for the league in a way that the classic terrestrial media can. So I think that there are two points of that, first and foremost. So the big question that I have here is, I think that there is another option potentially in regard to fixing the streaming issue. I wonder if you just sell streaming rights exclusively to like Amazon. For the entirety of the league? Yes. So they would essentially write you a whole check. You wash your hands of it. You don't have to worry about any of that and they'll pay they'll overpay for it as part of their overarching loss leader mentality yeah the idea being like oh if we get you into amazon you'll probably buy goods or something Mm -hmm. like that well there's like three companies in the world who do that amazon's (laughs) one of them amazon is one of them you could argue that google is another but realistically all you need to do is and at&t and direct tv would be a third and they might be getting out of that ball game because they've had exclusivity on sunday ticket and that has brought a lot of people over to direct tv as a loss leader for them i might add or at least a break-even leader and now they're not even sure if they want to keep doing that yeah so i think that what the what the idea there would be is even if you're not going to get the percentage increase of whatever you're going to have distribution rights sold to ESPN and TNT. Cause I'm still saying mm-hmm. that as far as terrestrial TV, or I guess it's not terrestrial anymore, but you well, know what I mean? You, we know. Yeah. Cla- classic cable in whatever means you yeah. get. Maybe you don't get that percentage, but essentially you're creating a new revenue stream via selling these exclusive streaming rights in the United States to mm-hmm. Amazon. You can keep 10 cent over in China. You can keep, uh, whatever the partners are in India, in <laughs> yeah. Japan, etc. Well, they better hope that those partners in India and Japan start uh, start ponying up a little bit more money. Sure. Uh, 
But I think that the way you can sell it is that you can... Does that not undercut ESPN and TNT? Why are they going to now give you the money that you're looking for? You just sold a a big chunk of the product, if not the entire product, from out underneath them. I don't think that that's true. because Explain how this would work. Because essentially, the reason that people have cable is just you know, for a wide breadth of options to watch on Mm -hmm. TV, right? Whereas Mm -hmm. with streaming, you have mm, a large number of options within your streaming, but it's Mm -hmm. limited. Theoretically, cable is unlimited. Um, It's streaming is more targeted in the Mm -hmm. way that it hits people's interests, right? It's algorithmic. Yes. So with... This, you're essentially, I don't know that it changes the game for ESPN because Amazon is still going to charge over the top to Mm -hmm. be able to do these streaming rights. So I don't know that it changes much mathematically for an ESPN or a TNT. And I guess you can make the argument that the NFL has been doing this co-broadcasting scenario where they have been putting games on Big Fox and also streaming them on Amazon. And it hasn't been an issue for Fox because they want it. They need to have it. They gots to get it. And so they'll pay whatever the hell the NFL wants because otherwise CBS or ESPN is going to get Thursday night football and they just can't have that because they sell a shit ton of money against it. Again, but then the argument is people are tuning into that and people just aren't tuning in for NBA regular season basketball the way they were. So yeah, I think that that's where I disagree with you in terms of, I guess that the way that they were is probably fair insofar as I think that they're doing like they're doing it differently Mm -hmm. than they used to. But I think that there's probably more people than ever watching the NBA. And yet they're not, that's not translated. And like, that's great. I mean, that's really good. And the NBA can tout that all we want. And we can, you know, piggyback on that, on that clout uh, until, until the cows come home. The TNT has to sell ads. ESPN has to sell ads. If they're not coming to ESPN and TNT, then they're not able to sell ads, or at least they're not able to get as much money as they want for those ads. And now TNT and ESPN have to come to Jesus and say, is it worth it for us to have this product on our air and to pay what the NBA wants us to pay? That is the fundamental issue. Because as much as the NBA might love the fact that they own the internet, and and they do, as much as the NFL is the dominant sport in America, the NBA seems to own all of the extracurricular stuff out there. No one, the NBA is talked about as much as the NFL these days, anecdotally. So that's fantastic. But what the hell does it mean if you can't monetize that? And the people who are going to monetize it in the most significant way are still the classic terrestrial, the classic cable providers, the classic TV stations. They're the ones handing out billions. Otherwise, right. you're just hoping that you can make it up in what YouTube. Like we 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 did this on Twitter today. Like I've pulled you know a quarter of a million YouTube viewers before for NBA coverage. Doesn't make a shit. Like right. it, it, does, so, it doesn't change. It doesn't change my life. You know? no, nonetheless. This is why I do think that it is more of a monetization issue than a consumption issue, right? Well, I think I think that those two things are directly aligned, honestly, because I mean, it because the because it's the I don't think they are. Okay, I'd like to hear the separation the, point. I suppose the reason that I don't think that they are is because at some point someone is going to figure out how to monetize the internet. Oh, you, they've only been saying that for 25 years. I work for a fucking newspaper, Sam. You know that that's not happening. No, it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> okay. At some point, it's going to happen. Uh, like, I, mean, I, would, I, I legitimately, we will do this away from people. 
But I would love to have that conversation. Not that I'm saying you're wrong. I just need to hear every thought that you have on that because whoever monetizes well, here is the richest person on the planet. Right. So I, I don't have an answer to it, first and foremost. Well, damn it. Um, Got me all excited and hot and bothered. Having said that, I do think that one avenue that content creators have figured out mm-hmm. is that owning their own content and streaming it digitally, digitally and causing or uh, putting in a subscription fee to view it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. has been the most successful so far, right? Netflix yeah. obviously licenses in content. Mm-hmm. Disney Plus creates his own content, right? I right. think that that's where I come in with the idea of the NBA potentially looking at putting all of its content under like the streaming loop and making people Just pay five dollars a saying. month for it. Just saying, fuck it. Yeah. Just saying, long we don't term, need ESPN, we don't need TNT, we're going to own our own shit. Yeah, long term, I would I bet think you... the owners are going to have a big issue with that. Right, no, they will. They would never go for this. Long term, I think that is I... the most viable option. Short term, the NBA owners won't go for it because the status quo is so exceptionally profitable. Oh my God. We're, we're talking about billions of dollars here, and what you're saying there is basically, what if we just do... Uh, hundreds of millions i mean it's it would oh it would no be a i don't f- think it would be hundreds of millions i think it would genuinely be billions. how much how many if you if the nba just decided we're tearing up the contract and next year we are going to it would do, cost them money it would cost them probably a billion dollars next year i think that is true you think that's why it won't happen how how many years would it take for that to be the i don't viable, have the answer to that yeah i mean i think it would take a decade it could for that to be it the viable genuinely option. could and then by then it'd be dead i don't think it'd be dead but I do think it'd be super niche, man. I mean, there'd be something, there'd be something at at some point, people still watch ESPN, you know, like at some point there is a uh, promotional aspect to this that matters. I mean, I think all the time about remember NASCAR, like that was a thing. Like there was a moment, like there were a lot. NASCAR did have a moment. NASCAR had a moment. Why did NASCAR have a moment? Well, because ESPN bought its rights and even white folks, I'm sorry, white folks, no, I know, but like NASCAR is no longer having a moment. No one watches it, and there are still a shit ton of white folks out there. We haven't all died yet. Like fair point. Like it, it was. It, what what changed? It stopped getting promoted. It's on NBCSN now. Okay, like credit to all the people at NBC and stuff. Like I like I like plenty of them, but like Jesus Christ, that's a that's a niche channel. It's not on every single. They don't let me put it to this way. They don't put it on motel marquees saying we have you know, NBCSN. That'd be oh, amazing. Like, like so, somewhere in like North do, Carolina uh, on a hotel say, marquee going, we yeah, have NASCAR. But we, but it will say we have HBO and ESPN, you know, because those letters mean something to people. Uh, I, I don't know what people, but some people like th- those are prestige brand names. That is the number one name. It might not be the number one revenue name, but that is the number one name in like uh, premium adult not not porn, but like adult, you know, adult contemporary entertainment in Hotel HBO. Hotel marquees also, uh, we'll throw that on the marquee as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and in a lot of porn channels and ESPN, which is synonymous with sports, despite the fact that it starts with E. So, in that, like in NASCAR was getting huge ratings. Uh, it was being talked about as like this is a this is becoming a juggernaut. It's because ESPN was pounding it on SportsCenter, and this was not that long ago. Yeah. And then ESPN and, basically, and listen, we talk, oh, SportsCenter doesn't matter. A lot of people watch SportsCenter, not as many as before, but, you know, no one watches anything as much as before. But then ESPN dropped NASCAR. They decided that NASCAR got too big for its britches. They didn't want to pay what NASCAR wanted. NBC did. And now they're pulling, like, 
150,000 viewers. I mean, it's just, it's laughable. They don't even put it on terrestrial TV anymore. It died off because it, this is the Dan Lebitard line. Like, the four letters can make you or break you. And everyone thinks, oh, I'll go somewhere else. There's one guy who's pulled it off. There's one guy who's pulled it off that, that's done really well in Dan Patrick. Everyone else, it's like the worldwide leader still runs the world. So the ESP, NBA, as much as it, it might make sense, and I agree with you on principle, like, yeah, you know, take it, own your own shit. You know, don't let the man bring you down. Like, I think that ESPN wants the NBA. Uh, it doesn't need it, but it wants it. Uh, it needs the NFL. But the NBA needs ESPN, too. Uh, and I think you're right for what it's worth. Now the TNT conversation is a little different. I think you're right for what it's worth. Uh, you could not really do this and have it be profitable long-term. Um, it is a good idea though. I'll give you credit for that. Like I'm, yeah. I'm all, I'm all in on like the principle of the matter. Like having, shit. having said that, what they need to do is they need to find a way to advertise YouTube on YouTube videos, not just the money that you make from YouTube via their monetization model. Mm -hmm. I'm talking, yeah, that's not going to do shit. Yeah. Sell you, you need to sell on top of it on top of it. What you do is so <laughs> Sam, I'm going to, going to cut you off here. I'm sorry. I, I hate to do this, but maybe they shouldn't have let anyone upload whatever they wanted with NBA content for a decade. And they won't have, they wouldn't have such a problem here, but because... for what it's worth, I'm not sure it matters. I will say that because man, have you looked at what the free Dawkins like videos will do compared to the NBA videos? Sure. But if you really want like, and I'm not advocating the NBA shut down free Dawkins. Uh, Neither am I. What I'm saying is but, what, I, what I'm saying is they let everyone else own, own their shit for a long time. And we, and we are all extremely thankful for it. And now if they're trying to figure out how they can get that back, it ain't happening. This that was an appster baby. Like it's just not coming back. And uh, you know, Spotify, as much as we want to say, Oh, well, yo, it's fine. Everything worked out. No, it didn't. But here's no, the thing. So, the Warriors and Celtics played on Friday, right? It was a nationally yeah. televised ESPN. Yeah. I mean, tough break, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 150,000 people watched the 10-minute highlight, like full game highlights. So not just like... Well, all of that was people watching it from embedded in my column off the game. I mean, obviously. Sure, but newspaper <laughs> people are still going to do that, right? No, I know. I know. But have you it's seen It's a natural NFL, distribution platform. Have you seen what the NFL does for their uh, one game? highlight videos their 10 minute highlight videos no but i'm not sure i would be interested to know but yeah they do like they do like 1.5 minimum yeah that's fine how many multiples of games are there uh nba versus nfl no yeah no you're right you're right probably you're like right. five but you're taking you're taking two six. of the top five brands in the league or top five team brands in the league i think, and that I think like that 50 grand watch the nuggets hawks or the nuggets uh nets one that's exactly instance. how many people watched it on TV. So that's great. <laughs> it was 766. So <laughs> let's say that that balloons up to 150. Because I think it just went up like, you know, 18 hours ago or whatever. Okay. Not, so not let's, a long time. Well, not really. Most of those come in the immediate aftermath and in the morning, to be fair. Let me let me look up the actual numbers. Because I, I, can, I can do that. I have that at my disposal. <laughs> that is readily available on YouTube.com. The numbers yes, of people is. who have watched things. Yeah. Um, so we want warriors. And that's, that's lovely. Let's say you got, you know, seven, you know, five, let's just call it five for the sake of argument, five games every night. And let's just say every one of them's pulling a, an average of a hundred K. Okay. You got, you're getting a hundred, you're getting a hundred or 500 K worth of YouTube viewers a day. It's probably something similar to that, right? You know what that pulls in realistically with ju just YouTube ad revenue is a thousand dollars. Right. Best case scenario. That's a thousand dollars for the NBA. Good luck, you know, paying Steph Curry he gets paid, you know, half a million dollars every game. Um, it's 
But what you do there you, is you what you need top. to do you is you need to sell on top of it. So yeah, it's the Tiso, you know, you know, official highlights. And halfway through, you you know, you stop the highlights for a commercial for Bud Light or something. And you have I a lower it. third on the bottom of it. Like 150,000 people watching a single thing. What you need to do is you need to be able to sell a Budweiser, a, you know, mm-hmm. etc. on the fact that this is valuable. This is where our viewers are going. Mm-hmm. The rate that you're paying it TV, you should move it to here. They're not going to pay that from the jump, obviously. It's just of not course not. I, I think that that's a good point. I just but that's it, what it, you need to do. I think it's not going to make billions of dollars of revenue, though, Sam. Like it isn't. The NBA could go in and get the exact same deal from ESPN and Turner today. If they wanted to just re-up at the exact same terms, ESPN and Turner would say, hell yeah, and I think the ESPN would you know, stop some hemorrhaging. But the NBA owners, again, there's an expectation of percentage increase here, and I, their product just doesn't stand out at this juncture. I, and I, I was saying this stuff, and a lot of people were not thrilled about it. That is to not lend validity or say that it's wrong. Like, But my argument is that for the last nine years of the NBA, they have had a juggernaut team, team, running the show. It was the Heatles, and then it became the Warriors. Yeah, but people made this argument when Michael Jordan left, too. Like, the numbers went down, and they bounced back up, you know? But there was a massive jump. LeBron, after the decision, massive jump. Viewership went up, like, 75% for national TV games. Sure, like, I'm not going to sit here and say that viewership being down is good here, but it's all cyclical, like, I think, to an extent. I do think that we're going to see ratings continue to drop somewhat there, 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 here. It's there's a, no question it's percentage that stuff's going to keep of, dropping. You're yeah. just dealing with a smaller piece of the pie. So when we, maybe not percentage ratings, but even then, like you're just not going to be able to compete against VOD and DVR when you don't have an elite product. And my argument is essentially everybody, you're dealing with two major revenue streams, right? You're dealing with TV partner broadcast revenue streams. And then you're also dealing with ticket sales and local. So there's local and there's the big. The big one brings in a shit ton of money. It brings in the majority of the money to the National Basketball Association. But for the local owners, it's that local revenue that they really, really care about. And that is why they need to have an adult conversation about the 82-game regular season. And we're not going to get into the the load management thing is just a narrative argument. We wouldn't be having the same conversation if it was being called, you know, injury prevention or whatever. But I don't think that this is I like I don't think the play has anything to do with it. I really don't. I think it does. I think it does because of the same arguments I've heard time and time again for the last decade of my life, which is the regular season doesn't matter. So there, there are a lot of but yeah, but like those arguments have continued to happen. But let me they, they here's the counter all to the time. A hundred percent. No, no, no. Yeah, no. Listen, that, that, that's always been the argument. But here's what the NBA has had for the last nine years that they don't have right now. They don't have appointment viewing. They don't have the, the, the argument is always what reason am I going to say on a Thursday night? Let's go to a bar and watch this game. Or let me stay in and watch this game. Let me stop what I'm doing with my life on a Thursday to watch this game or a Wednesday or a Friday, whatever it might be. But on a weeknight, because the NFL owns Sunday. And yes, they they won. They got the best pick. They got the best pick of the day, but they dominated. People create their entire Sundays around watching the NFL in this country. Saturday, it is a inc- increasingly um, 
scatterbrained product in college football, but people love people love football and they have the entire day to 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 watch college football. So they own Saturday, not as much as the NFL owns Sunday, but they own Saturday inferior product. But they're still number two in the ratings. The NBA doesn't own any days. And I listen, that's not to say that they have to that we have to go to the Kevin Arnovitz Monday. But like what reason if you were to find out on the schedule, and I did this earlier today, like you look at the schedule and you go Wednesday night, like what reason? Oh man, like Giannis has taken on the Blazers on Thursday night. Am I going to clear my schedule to go watch that? Like, no, because it doesn't feel like it means anything. I can watch the highlights later. It doesn't feel important. It doesn't feel monumental. And that's what you're competing up against when you have everything feels inconsequential and light and easily accessed. Why is it that I'm going to stop what I'm doing to watch this? Why would I go to a bar to watch this game the same way that I go to a bar to go watch the NFL on Sundays? And with the Warriors and the Heat, legitimately, I think people... Because, because it was this unbelievable team and it was a super villainous situation with the Heat, people wanted to go see what the hell was going on. They, they, it was, it was a, there was a morbid curiosity about them that lasted about two, three years, and then it started to fade, and then LeBron left again. And then with the Warriors, it took a while for that to catch on, but 2015, uh, uh, that 73-win season, they couldn't put them on national TV enough. The ratings were through the roof. So I, I guess that like my question about all of this, though, is like, does it, does it really matter long term? Because like well, if you look at well, if you look it, at viewership, it only matters just in, up until 2024, 20, 2025. Yeah. So like if you look at it in terms of viewership of TV from younger people, right? So mm-hmm. viewers aged eighteen to thirty four. Um, you know, Q three in twenty eighteen versus Q three in twenty seventeen. Uh, TV ratings dropped seventeen point two percent for people yeah. eighteen to thirty four. Um, pulling up another one here. In, in general, if you look at the radio and television business report. Mm-hmm. The that age, seems like a reputable place. Sure. Uh, the age they're, of live sports viewers. The age of live sports viewers is just much older now. Like it's continually aging up as, every as, single as, season. As all things on classic mediums are. So at the end of the day here, seven years down the road, which is really what the NBA cares about. Mm-hmm. Long term. The best thing that they can do is honestly just like hope for a small raise in terms of what they're getting paid on mm-hmm. these distribution rights deals now. What are you saying? Five, 10%? Sure. I don't really care what the number is. Um, honestly, I think it's a win for them if they keep it at the status quo. But <laughs> that's, what, that's what I was saying. They would love to just say, you want to re-up at this rate right now. The, o- which, again, the owners won't like that, but like, I don't really think How that is that not an existential deal. crisis if you're not growing, you're dying? Because what they are, they're growing the younger audience and they're growing uh, a that they can't an monetize. increasingly time-shifted <laughs> audience that nobody can monetize quite yet. But <sighs> as the NFL continues to just skew older, like younger people are watching the NFL less. <laughs> yeah. At yeah. some point. Luckily, the NFL has a built-in existential crisis in terms of that no one's going to be playing it in 10 years. So they got to cover from both ends. By the time they die, it will be a spectacular star imploding in on itself. The NBA is just trying to die with grace, I suppose. Sure. like, <laughs> But again, at some point, someone is going to figure out how to is monetize it, the internet. Is, like, it better to, is, it, is it better to explode or to just die gracefully? I mean, this is an age-old question. So if, if we're down to a stage where... 
See, at some point we're going to hit the curve, right? Where more people are watching and consuming content over streaming, over the internet, whatever oh, you want to call it. The, Ver- that curve is there. Right. Mean, but to the point on where. How big of a scope you want to go to. They say that that curve's already happened. Right. But to the point where uh, it is no longer financially viable for places like ESPN, TNT, et cetera, to shell out. $8 billion on an NBA marketing or an NBA distribution, right? It, we're going to hit yeah. that point at some point. So your argument is, I just want to clarify this, and I'm not saying it's, it's right or wrong. I just want to make sure I'm clear here. The NFL, which consistently grows its revenue by about a billion dollars every year, if not more, is... And the NBA the, is going to keep growing its revenue because they have other avenues where they're growing their revenue. They're growing their nev- revenue internationally. They're growing their revenue um, in terms of just making money on the internet and figuring mm-hmm. out more like how to do that every year. Uh, they're making mm-hmm. more money on league pass every year. Like it's not like the NBA is not growing its revenue. It is, but it, like, and it will continue to grow its revenue every year. I, I'm just like not real worried about if it's 500 million versus a billion this year. Whenever it's very clear. Like, I'm, not, I'm not crying tears for the NBA. Right? But it's like very I'm, clear that the NBA is playing the long game here and trying to figure out, okay, how do we deal with the fact that, television networks are dire like tv channels are mm-hmm. dying and classic media is dying in the in the form yeah people are just not going to get shit if it's an information medium if it's a broadcast medium people are not going to get stuff from it anymore i mean right just, no yeah. at some point we're gonna hit a point where espn is gonna be like yeah we can't afford to shell out eight million dollars or eight billion dollars for this tv deal mm-hmm. um what the NBA, I think, is trying to do is it's trying to shore up all of its ancillary revenue streams now. Which are? It's trying to shore up the international route. It's trying to... It's killing it, killing it in the international route right now. Jesus Christ. I mean, we just got done with China. We just got done with it being the main news story. That's still an issue. Right. But like prior to Daryl Morey sending out a tweet... They couldn't print money faster. Right. Was, and yeah. honestly, I don't think that that's going to change. Like, I just don't think the Maury thing is going to even we matter. Have a fundamental disagreement there. I think it's going to have, I think it already has, and I think it will continue to have major ramifications. I think in the short not, term you're not it has. Dealing with, you're not dealing with a, a, a widespread media. You're dealing with a totalitarian state. Sure. I think in the short term it has, but at the end of the day, totalitarian states still like to print money hand over fist. The totalitarian states aren't the ones. We, we do seem to forget that ultimately it's schmucks like us, not media members, I'm talking about just basketball fans, that actually provide the money as part of this. And if the state of China decides uh, the fans don't get the NBA anymore, then that money no longer comes in. Yeah, but they would have done that by now, I think. If They, were they pretty much that. have. No, they have just stopped the Rockets from being shown. They have not really done anything, as far as I know, to stop the rest of the NBA. I need to I need to do some further research on that. I haven't engaged in the topic in several weeks, and maybe I uh, need to brush up. Yeah, I think that like mostly we're through the Rubicon, other than Houston, which is a significant problem for Tillman Fertitta. But yeah, well, he deserves some. Yeah, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to really worry about Tillman. Um, if so, it is just the Rockets' problem, that is the best case scenario for me as a person, right? Just in terms of my general day to day laughter for all of this. Um, So I think basically what the NBA is trying to do here is it's trying to stave off these TV ratings uh, bubbles, essentially, for as long Mm -hmm. as they can. Like, I think that's the goal here. Um, Ultimately, someone is going to figure out how to 
optimally, not even like full on monetize the internet, like monetizing it like um, TV channels have now. Someone's yeah. going to figure out how to make more money on the internet than what we Let make me put now. It to you, like, no question. No question. At some point, someone will be clever. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, I just don't know that in when there's one pipe coming in and this this is yeah this is why sports have actually remained successful fiscally in this age whereas most anything else on television has not because um you can target advertising you're targeting advertising to that group we were talking about before the 25 to 54 year old males who still spend a shit ton of money and in fact are uh one of the predominant driving but forces there's, there's of a the economy that- there's a reason that, like, it's the podcasts... Same reason that Fox News, it's but, the same reason Fox News fucking murder, because they got old people. But, like, there's a reason also that, like, podcasting, uh, like, the podcasting quote-unquote bubble still hasn't popped yet. It's because advertisers continue to make money off of podcasting, right? Like, Yeah, and, and, and there's very little overhead into creating a podcast. Sure, correct. So you only, ha- you only have to give advertising to the ones that are actually successful, like this one. Correct. My point, though, is more that it's it's more about like the CPM number. It's more of a CPM argument than like a you know a success argument for podcasting, but, right? Like the CPM. But you're not, you have to, you have to take into account that the vast vast majority, if not ninety nine percent of podcasts, don't have any clicks. They have right, zero. but those podcasts don't really matter for my argument. My argument is the NBA is always going to have a certain the, level of like viewership uh-huh. as it is. 100%. But when you enter the internet, essentially, you are now fighting with all of those zeros. Like when you're on cable TV, you're yeah, only but fighting I don't think with like a hundred other things. I don't really think the NBA is in this scenario because people no, are basketball fans they, they and have, they're going to they target built, that. They have built in cachet, a significant amount, maybe more than any, anything else if they want. But they're entering a new boxing ring. Right. And I don't know that it's any different that they're entering a new boxing ring for younger people just because younger people at the end of the day know how to use, you know, Apple Plus mm-hmm. or um, well, know, Netflix you or How's, whatever. How do you think right. things are working out for DAZN? Oh, God, I haven't even looked into DAZN. I, I like I see Chris Mannix tweet videos. I have no idea. It's not working out great. Let's put it that way. And they're going all in on Sunday ticket because that's what they, they need. I mean, they put they put two YouTubers in a boxing match together, and that has been far and away their most successful thing. Meanwhile, they're paying Canelo Alvarez out of the uh, out the nose. I think they have Pacquiao on a deal as well, even though he, he's they've Triple G too. I mean, yeah. So they they have great boxers, but um, twenty something bucks a month. I think it's twenty ninety nine a month for uh, right. But boxing has been a dying sport for years now, and the NBA theoretically is thriving. Correct. No, no, no. You're, you're hundred percent right. But ultimately boxing has been operating on an over the top model for decades and it's a dying sport. Yeah, it's fair. I don't really know that it's applicable here. I would need to think, I would need to think more about boxing. Like I just don't think about boxing enough to like really be in, but like for instance, like the UFC is thriving. Like the UFC is thriving as a now over the top model that is very similar to boxing. The UFC is thriving with ESPN's over the top model. But they were thriving before that. Like they're thriving mm-hmm. to a greater extent now because of the ESPN over the top model. But well, and, and, and as someone who worked at Fox when when the UFC was still there, I can tell you that they leaned into that heavily because they felt like that was something that gave them UFC did a wonderful job. I'm not I'm not taking anything away from UFC and I'm certainly not alleging that Fox did anything significantly, but Fox decided that 
okay, well, ESPN has, um, uh, 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 they're going to use a lot more NFL rights. Uh, they, bu- they buy them um, as part of that Monday Night Football package, which is why they still have Monday Night Football. Uh, they need the TV, they need the highlight rights for the rest of the week. Um, wh- baseball, no one gives a shit about. Like, what we have cannot compete with ESPN, so what we're going to do is something unique. And ESPN's not talking about the UFC. There is a substantial and fanatical base there that the UFC has, in fact, built. We're going to piggyback on that. We're going to promote it further. Fox helped take the UFC to another level. It legitimized it in a lot of eyes. Uh, UFC continued to put out a really good product, tapping into that morbid curiosity that still allows the NFL to be so wildly successful on top of the skill and strategy and the fact that it's a sport that can be played by peoples of all shapes and sizes, which is an undercurrent of its success. But... Fox helped boost the UFC, then ESPN came in, and it's continuing to do it. But the NASCAR model applies to them as well. They'll still exist. There's still people who go to NASCAR tracks and stuff. But will it be able to make the same money if it decides we don't need you, ESPN? We're going to go do our own thing. Right, so the only reason I bring up the UFC, though, is because it runs a very similar model in terms of the way it makes money to boxing. Except um, you can fight far more often with UFC. Yes. You fight like every six to eight weeks as opposed to boxing. Where no, you don't. Apparently, no, no. What, 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 what's the turnaround? Uh, you fight somewhere between two to four times a year, which is going to be... Well, that's way more than boxing. 13 it to... It seems like it takes eight years to box. Right. It's going to be like 13 to 26 months for every fighter to like come back and recover. Like if you're Donald Cerrone, you're fighting you know, five times a year because he's a psycho. But like, if you're, okay. um, you know, like there are fighters who take longer intervals. Basically. What about like George Mestel? Like the guy who's now the hot name right now. So he, he, he fought, ju- he, just he did fought, not fight at all to... in 2018. He took like a That's year right. off. And then okay. I think he fought four, three or four times this year. Okay. You can still count on it. It's still eventful. Right. And I think this is maybe what we haven't been able to tap into because listen, your arguments are, are good. We're talking more macro stuff. I had a lot of really good theories about how to save the NBA, but I guess it doesn't need saving. But like it's still an event in the UFC. Well here, no, no, still... no, no. I would actually be really interested. Let's get off the UFC real quick. How how would you save the NBA? Because I, I actually do th- like I do think that there is a reason. Like I do think the NBA is not like it's in a precarious spot. Like I'm not gonna sit mm-hmm. here and say like I don't think it's in a bad spot. I just think no, that no, they no. have I, problems. Yeah, I, I, to I don't figure think out. I don't think that it's imminent for a NASCAR demise. Uh at all. I think that it's going to be fine. I just don't think that they're going to be able to get in the money that maybe they want and that they're going to have to, they're going to have to crack the code right, to be so successful. This, this is an issue of differing objectives and differing expectations as much as anything. But, but I think that the main issue for the fans as, as, as a fan of basketball, first and foremost, I think the main issue has been the same issue for years, which is, and I won't get into the, the details again, which is that the regular season doesn't matter. And so why is it that I'm going to take my time to watch regular season games, to care about regular season games, unless I am seeing something truly revolutionary and spectacular the way that I would argue the NBA has been able to. For uh, the same reason that people watch the Chicago TV shows on NBC. Like, I don't think you're going to see something spectacular. Yeah, that's true. That's a very fair point. That's a very Um, different argument. That's just NBC trying to get CBS. For the same reason that people, for the same reason that people watch Daybreak on Netflix, right? Like, I do not know what that even is. It's a like uh, zombie TV show for high schools. Like high well, it's because, it's because The so, Walking Dead was successful and people tuned in to watch The Walking Dead. But my, my, point, and stuff. my point nonetheless is, though, 
that it's not like in this era of massive consumption mm-hmm. that everything is a hit all the time in terms of entertainment. There's more good entertainment out there than ever, mm-hmm. but it's not like everything that continues to get renewed and picked up and continues to run is this wildly unbelievable uh, thing every week or every 40 minutes. No, no one's disagreeing. We're not talking about having to be the cream of the crop here, but I do think that there's an incongruity that we have going on the juxtaposition of the fact that I think we're all in pretty much agreement here. And I I don't want to speak for everybody, but hell I'll do it. Um, We all agree that the NBA's product, the actual basketball has never been better. I mean, it is a fantastic game to watch on a nightly basis. I love watching. I think that young people would agree with that. I think and old the, people are going to complain about everything. That's all they do. That's why right. Fox News makes money hand over. But again, fine. that's not why. Again, like I don't think the NBA is that worried about the older audience. No, but my point. Let's just talk about schmucks. You know, our age. Okay, so we're not talking. I don't know if we still qualify as super younger. You know, but like, no, we're still. It, it, you know, I'm 29. You're yeah, 30, I'm 31. Like, like the, the, oh, the, oh, wow. When, when did you hit 31? You 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 knew when my birthday was, Sam. It was in September. That's right. I didn't know when your birthday was. I have, I've only said it out loud like four or five times. It's not as much fun as being 30. 30, 30 still had the specter of youth attached to it. 31 is just like no man's land. No, it's um, funny. I, I was talking to Laura about that. Laura was like, wow, you turned 30 this year. And I'm like, because Laura is 33. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I'm already having like a crisis about it. Because I'm no longer oh, going to be had, like I, I had a, a younger person. I had a person. super meltdown. I, 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 not like a super meltdown. I didn't go on like a 10 bay bender or anything, but like I, I was feeling some sort of way about 30 and um, eventually it just, it does, it doesn't matter. So long as, so long as that's what she said too. I mean, it just, it, yeah, it's just stunning how um, psyched out you get. And I guess what you really realize is um, how infrequently anyone asks how old you are right. at a certain juncture in life. And I think that happens like after 27, 28, people just either presume you're 22 or 40 at all points in between. Right. Like I, I had, I will, and because, you know, because I have a, a beautiful chair and face, I will always be presumed to be 22. So yeah, you do look young. It's not really yeah. fair. Um, no, no, it isn't. Cause I have the oldest person temperament ever. Still. Can I tell you my theory for how to at least make NBA games, more regular season games to feel more eventful, more interesting, more meaningful. Yes. But I, I do want to, I want to, I want to pitch you on one reason why I think the ratings are also down as well. Uh, and then I'll oh, let here. you, I'll let you finish on how to fix the NBA. <laughs> okay. <laughs> let's discredit all of the theories that lead to the big one. Yeah, let's go. I want to hear it. I do. I do. So I think that as a, NBA League Pass has grown. There is now there are now more fans than ever that can basically decide I can watch this national game which features sometimes a good matchup, sometimes a bad matchup, or I can watch my team's game. Right. And because you know there are maybe your 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 team being I mean not local. You can't watch if I I'm I'm in in Oakland right now. Like I can't watch either the Kings or the the Warriors. The Kings thing is shitty. But, um, like, right, but you can watch those games anyway, right? Right, because like, I can... buy YouTube TV for $50 a month, which then is paid out for, um, you know, TNT and, uh, and ESPN. Right. Like, you can Both watch those. I... You can watch your team in your own local market. Basically. And NBC Sports Bay Area. I mean, those are mainly the only things that you're actually paying significant amounts for. I mean, most channels cost less than a dollar. Nonetheless, <laughs> though, out yeah. of market. Um, you games. have a, you have Being a you can watch, watch the best basketball game you want on any given night. That's yeah. what you're saying. It's mm-hmm. like a big factor, even for general NBA fans. Like it doesn't even have to be your team. Like you mm-hmm. can decide, all right, I can watch this bullshit, you know, Nets Nuggets game, or I can watch 
Trey Young play, you know, Luka Doncic in the Mavericks or something like that on any given another another argument for why the NBA needs to own a day, right? Like so Wednesday night. I guess like there is another question though that I have. Do we think it matters that I would venture on any singular given night more people are watching the NBA than ever before? They're just doing it in different places. Do we think there is an argument for the NBA trying to eventize a single game, like for instance, the NFL does whenever mm-hmm. they do. Um, I remember earlier this year, they basically cleared out the four o'clock slate and mm-hmm. had one other game going up against Dallas and Green Bay, right? Do we think there's an argument that the NBA, which already sort of kind of does that, like on, for instance, Thursday nights, there are like three games typically. Uh-huh. I would imagine that, yeah. that has something to do with TNT. Um, right. Do we think that there is an argument for even going further than that? I think, yeah, I think that I think that that would be a very good way to at least um, basically just say to do a better job of games? promoting the product because I do think that is a, a fundamental issue that the league has. Stuff is happening so frequently, uh, and there are so many basketball games that are happening. It's really hard um, to look forward to them, right? Like the NFL again. It, it, this, the NFL just lucked out in ninety nine percent of this, but like we talk about what happened in the games for you know two days, and then we talk about what what's happening next for four or three. And like, that's a huge, that's a huge thing. Cause it gets you amped up. It makes you interested in what's going to happen. Whereas with the NBA, like they don't even have time to practice much less do we in the media have time to amp up a game. Like it just, it, the playoffs, the temp, it changes a little bit. Right. But, um, it, and even then it, it struggles because it's just, it's happening so rapid fire. I think that that that's a good, that's a good idea. One, I, I maybe the NBA needs to concede Thursday nights, at least when the NFL season is happening, uh, like, and just move to, um, like Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, um, and try to own Friday night in a big way. Uh, I don't know if, you know, TNT is going to love it, but like, maybe that is something to really think about going forward and tell the NFL decides they're going mean, to take Friday night too. There's probably a real case that the reason ESPN's ratings haven't gone down yet is because they do essentially own Friday night. I've, I've literally heard that argument, and I don't think that there is um, a counter-argument to be made against that, legitimately. Uh, now, we, we we can also then take in the anecdotal stuff with all this, because at the same time, we're just talking about you know some shitty basketball games at the beginning of a season, where the team that I believe has been propping up the NBA's ratings in a not insignificant way for five years is the worst team in the league, really, bar none. And at least, the, I mean, I think the Knicks could beat them. So you, you have that loss. Uh, and then you have um, kind of the hot new team on the street. You don't know who's going to play for them on any given night because both of their stars are in a constant state of injury and, uh, and sitting out games, which, again, we're not going to get into the load management argument, but it does hurt uh, the narrative of the league as like, oh, man, I want to watch this game. Like we've seen LeBron for 17 years, uh, we you know there's some curiosity as to how he works with Anthony Davis, but I think that it's not that um, I, I don't think that there's that much curiosity. There's nothing new and fresh about it because again we know who LeBron is. Like no one on the earth is really known as well as LeBron James, the basketball player, as we've only watched him for two decades of our life. It, it's there's nothing new and fresh and interesting really happening uh, in the league right now. At least that they've been able to really capitalize on and push a, as a narrative that gets people excited. So 
then you have to kind of go down to the lower levels, which is, okay, we don't have a star, we don't have a supernova, we don't have something that's going to naturally grab eyeballs. And, and you know, maybe that will come down the line. Maybe Zion pulls that off, whatever. I don't know. Uh, but in the meantime, what can we do to maximize the attention? That Having said get? that, by the way, the Lakers ratings this year are pretty up. Yeah, and they and but remember when they had to change the entire schedule to make that help make that happen? Yes, fair. I mean, and and I think that the Davis thing is there. Yes, the Lakers ratings are up. Are they probably as up as maybe some people want them to be? No, I don't know. Everything's expectations versus reality. And at a certain point, we're just going to acknowledge like, okay, LeBron and Anthony Davis are extremely good. Who are they playing? You know, like we no longer need to see if they're going to work. They're two incredible players and they are working in an exceptional level as predicted. But like, who are they playing? What is the thing? That game with Luca the other night, I'm sure that that did big ratings, or at least you know really solid ratings, because that was something interesting and new. There's not that many of those games on the schedule. No one wants to watch the fucking Nuggets. Sorry, um, you know the, the the Nets with with Kyrie are are not interesting, uh, mainly because they they seem to have gotten away from their intrinsic netness, which was a lot more fun and entertaining to watch. Like the Warriors aren't there to help anybody. The Celtics are. Uh, you know, Kemba Walker doesn't doesn't draw eyeballs. Like it, 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 they're they're in a bit of a rut. That's not going to be permanent. Something new will happen. But I do think that they can take this time uh, and, and reevaluate some of the ways that they handle the day to day. They can look into some of the minutia that they've been able to overlook for years. And I think one of those things is is trying to dominate the uh, a day of the week. If you want to take it a step further, I mean, the correct answer I think into creating uh, a, a better regular season product is to you know, cut down on the dilution of the regular season product. I think that that is universally believed to, you know, be the best option. But I also think it's the least likely option because there are so many teams that rely on 41 home games worth of revenue to break even if they uh, even do that in a year. Strongly disagree with that. I just don't think that the NBA's product is really at fault here at all. The, The NBA's product meaning... Like, I, I don't think that there are too many games. I don't think that there are... Uh, look, I think there are probably too many games for the health of athletes now, uh, just in terms of, like, uh, keeping them healthy long-term. But, like, I don't think that the, that the fact that there are too many games is hindering ratings. Let me ask you this, Sam. I mean, what is stopping the NBA from going the route of the NHL and Major League Baseball to other macro-season sports? In regard to... Just becoming an extremely tribalistic, localized thing. I think that it's... That's a good question. Is the NBA heading that way? Are we? I, are, are all professional sports just heading that way? Well, except for the NFL, which is getting older and will eventually die. Yeah, I even think the NFL is heading that way a little bit. Like mm. ESPN, I think that honestly it's probably ESPN is keeping the national consciousness Uh as relevant as it is with the NBA and NFL. Um, So you better make sure they want to pay you a lot of money the next go around, because again, that's the NASCAR argument. Uh, I, I, I think that the NBA can make some, um, the problem is any change that the NBA makes is an aggressive change. Uh, I think that things that we think can tech, you know, uh, just theoretically that don't seem that big, right? Like 20 fewer regular season games doesn't, is not a big deal at all to the fans no one would care but to owners it's everything so yeah so therefore it's always going to stay correct but i firm again it only matters what the narrative out there is and the narrative is from the fans and that is and the fans are the ones who drive the money and 
for years they've been saying that the regular season is too long. People love the NBA playoffs just like people love the NHL playoffs, but no one's watching regular season NHL games. No one gives a shit because no, they don't feel like they're consequential. And even the NFL with 16 and soon 17 games, it feels like every game is in some way consequential. I've covered a lot of inconsequential football games, um, but it, they, they, the slogan is apt. Any given Sunday, something can are happen. You, are you going to give me a pitch to like change the structure of the playoffs or something? You know, you know I am. Oh, are you really? I absolutely <laughs> am. Okay, are you, are you ready I'm for here. it? Continue. Are you ready for it? Full baseball version of the playoffs. So division winners get in? Yep, and yep. And two yep. wild cards, so five teams make the playoffs in each division? And the wild cards play a one-game playoff. Have the wild cards play a full series, but sure. No, because then that's way too much of a break for the other teams. Shit, that's right. Uh, I'll give you three. I'll give you three games. They get a week. Huh. And the advantage of being the number one seed is that now you get to play a team that's like got no rest. By you the way, owners with, will never gotta, go for this either. I did. You know what? I honestly, I honestly think that you can make a compelling pitch towards this one because you're not making it towards the 30 team owner saying we're taking away, you know, 10 gate revenues for you. We're only going to take away a maximum of four gate revenues for like four teams now. Or, or you can view it as, you know, as like six and a half teams because we're getting rid of four teams in the playoffs. And um, so, you know, the, the seeds five through eight won't get that, you know, gate revenue and stuff. But like what I, the other argument you're making is you're not really making that much national TV money off of the first round. That first round is still on local television. Now, maybe that's something. That no, but you're making would. a shit ton off of attendance and gate. Yeah, no question. No question. But by increasing the um, necessity or at least the 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 significance of the regular season uh, for some teams in a very big way. You could argue that you have reg- you know uh, a few more quasi playoff games in the regular season, as opposed to a bunch of people just waiting for the playoffs because you know hmm. sub five hundred teams are are making the re- the postseason. You'll just wait until then. That's true. In and which case, the, in which case, the sub five hundred teams only going to get two games anyway because they're getting swept. The Minnesota Denver game in two. What was it in 2018 at the end of the year? That was super fun. Right. And you'll probably get like a week or so of those because now you're not fighting out for seeding. You're actually fighting out for a playoff spot. No one gives a shit about seeding, including the teams these days, by the way, which is why the Clippers are capable of doing what they're doing, which I don't disagree with. I think it's smart to do, but they don't give a shit if they're the sixth seed or not, you know? Yeah. And if they're in the same conference as the, or division as the Lakers, Mm-hmm. You basically now, have to finish in the top four Sam, to feel comfortable. How fucking, how fucking fun would a baseball season that was 81 or 82 games with the current playoff structure be? That's actually, a, I'm not going to say it's a really good idea because, well, <laughs> fuck you. But that's actually a, it's a pretty good idea. Because like, I don't even think it would really affect... It wouldn't affect it wouldn't affect sixteen teams a year. Well, here's you know, here's the thing. So there have been studies in profession like across all professional sports, and very clearly the NBA is the one where the best team wins most often. So it's not <laughs> like you're really even hindering the chances at a title for like the teams that finish six, seven, and eight in the Eastern and Western conferences. Yeah. And then, you know what, you, if you want to, you can create some sort of, you know, you make summer league a bigger deal. You know, you, you turn it into a Europa league situation where, you know, only the teams, I don't know. Now I'm just spitballing. I actually like, like this a lot. I hate you. Fuck you. <laughs> I just, I, I just think one, you're going to get that one game playoff, right? Like they would have well to done. do some like slight, divisional realigning 
because yeah, and I think you would have to change the schedule in a significant way. I think you would need six or maybe eight games against divisional opponents, which means you get rid of yeah, um, which means you get rid of the home and home, which people are going to argue against uh, because you just can't. You need to lean more into conference, which I think there's value. Everyone says they should get rid of conference. And that that's not there. Like the Warriors and the Rockets are legitimate rivals. And that's because they played every year in the playoffs. And you can't get that kind of, you know, clash. You can't get that kind of familiarity if you're now spreading it out, uh, you know. Man, so if you're at 82 games. I'm giving you the 82. That's the other thing, too. This doesn't get rid of the 82, which I think, honestly, the, the easiest way for the fans, you just say, oh, get rid of regular season games. We don't care. But that doesn't work for the owners. So that's an, it's a lost cause. So what can we do now? You're going to have to take a haircut somewhere, owners. Would you rather take it in the regular season where everyone loses money? Or would you rather take it in the playoffs where only the teams that make the playoffs lose a little bit of money? And I guess the teams that would normally get, you know, a couple of games worth of gate revenue, they're going to lose money, too. But all the more reason. I think it weeds out the basketball's middle class, which is a, a much trickier spot to be in. Uh, I think it, it, it's going to weed out cheap teams left and right. Basketball's model is really well is really it's really built well for parity in the way that baseball really isn't and, and less so than the NFL but in a way where there's accountability, like you have to do something to earn it. Whereas in the NFL, you can kind of just stumble into it. I mean, even the Browns were supposed to be good this year. So um, it's, it's just a thought. I mean, you're getting rid of, again, games. You got mid-afternoon games on NBA TV. Like if, if that's not fat we can trim, what the fuck is? I actually like this. I'm good for one every now and again. This is a good one. This is a really good one because it, it helps the product in a way that... Again, like I don't really think the NBA's product needs help, and I think I the players' either, association you know would it's absolutely certainly... turn this down because it yeah, would result in it's... all of their guys playing eighty-two games. I think it spices shit up. I, maybe it that's does. All you need. It definitely I, does. You know what? We're you know we're just things haven't been that. Hey, you're, you're living with someone for a while. You just need to spice things up a little bit, and, and I think this does a good way. And, and listen, this isn't to say. Sometimes you gotta spice things up, like you know, scheduling a wedding in Scotland. (laughs) (laughs) I know that that was non-negotiable. That is that has been the total spice our entire life. It's just not even a thing. She was trying to convince me the other day that uh, because the Warriors suck, and I'm probably just not going to go to that Warriors Rockets game on Christmas, which of course was the plan uh, a month ago. Which is like, hey, that's a big deal. Like I got to be here for that for work. Also, I don't want to go somewhere cold. She's like, well, we have like four or five days between you know Niners games and Raiders games. Maybe we just go to Scotland. And it's like, what? I mean, that's just the, the pratfall of uh, dating a Scottish girl. But uh, you, just, you just come on down to L.A. You hang out in the, in the apartment with me. This, yeah. is, this is the dream. I, we're fine. We're fine. Listen, man, there's there's nothing better. Like legitimately, like I love my parents. They're coming for Thanksgiving. Um, we have Heather's family in all the time. I go see Heather's family every July. Like we, we love our families. Don't get me wrong, but it is nice to not have the extracurricular bullshit on the big holidays. Like Thanksgiving, yeah, like, like we're going like, to our friend's place. Like typically yeah. we have like a big Thanksgiving, what yeah. in 2018 turned into shit show party. Um, as they always do. Or no, that was 2017. Last year's was like, you know, a normal day Thanksgiving of, because of the 2017 <laughs> shit show party. 20, the 2017 Thanksgiving party. Like you were, uh, you were the last people at my apartment, uh, at my <laughs> wedding. It was so, similar yeah, to no, that. That's saying something. Like it was, it was a lot at the yeah. 2017 Thanksgiving party. Um, 
2018 was more <laughs> reserved, and 2019 is involving us going to our friend's place instead. So Yeah, like, there... <sighs> I don't know how we got on this point, but uh, spice. Yeah, I, I, I am for uh, staying in California during holidays at, at pretty much all cost. And like my parents, like my 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 siblings live out on the East Coast now. Um, you know, my sister's engaged. She, you know, his family is over uh, on the East Coast. My brother is is above uh, reproach in pretty much all things and kind of lives his own life and is you know jet setting around the world because he has that. In, uh, availability afforded to him so it's just like yeah you come to california i'm not flying to chicago for a meal like i'm just yeah. i'm just not doing that and, do and, and christmas like yeah that would be great and all but we've done it like 30 times like i'm, I'm pretty much familiar with you people by now um <laughs> we uh, fixed we fixed the nba we yeah. fixed family gatherings you know i'm, I'm on a roll this uh, is this is where dieter kurtenbach is in his life let me put it to you this way, though, with the, uh, the final point I want to make on the spicing things. Like right now, the reason that we are that there is at least out there in the ether an argument about load management and Kawhi Leonard and all this stuff, even though it is minuscule in scope and uh, I think ultimately justified and, and strong practice. The reason that it is resonating is because people are, are adamant and they're right that it just doesn't fucking matter that this is basically a fuck you and that they've gained that, that they've figured out that they've cut the bullshit and they're just saying the regular season doesn't matter we can play this guy a third you know a third half three quarters of the time and we'll be fine and they're right that it's 100 correct we don't need them until the playoffs that's the only season that matters i've been around a team that openly admitted it for three straight years Nothing matters. We're tired. We don't want to play hard in the regular season. We're going to phone it in. Uh, every now and again, we'll do something ridiculous and spectacular just to keep your, you know, your appetite wet, just to keep bringing you back. But um, we just don't give a shit until the playoffs, and then we're actually going to start trying. Now you have this load management thing, and it's the same sort of thing. Um, if, I, I, if you still played 82 games, but you had this playoff model, we'd be having a different conversation about Kawhi's injury and load management. And maybe that is a negative, right? Maybe there that is some collateral damage. But people would be talking about it more as a detriment to their playoff chances than anything else. Because right now, there's like a nihilistic undertone to all of it. Uh, yeah, it sucks. It's not great for the fans and, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, it doesn't matter because it, it's all in... It's all playing for the playoffs. If the regular season meant more for playing for the playoffs... For all teams, not just you know the three or four teams at the bottom of the bracket, he is kind of a natural content creator. Hundred percent, hundred percent. In the NFL, there's six playoff spots for 32 teams. Um, even the teams that are wildly successful, it feels like every that you're always on the razor's edge. Baseball's issue is that they have too many fucking games. But you know, the end of the season, people are fighting for stuff, and, and you're going for that one game playoff. You really want to win your division. Now, their issue is that their league model is not built for parity because people have been overthinking it for years. And that's that it's uh, people don't try to win in baseball. They deliberately try to lose so that they can perhaps win down the line. And that's a bad model. Basketball, um, as much as we can point out, you know, with lottery reform and such, like I, I just think that it would be extremely punitive to teams if they tried to do the same. Hockey has the exact same issue as the well, NBA hockey, right now. Hockey might be the, uh, the tanking like God that doesn't get talked about enough. It's true. It's true. Well, that's because their draft is basically there's the top five picks and then you might as well throw a dart. Yeah. Um, like 
pick value in hockey is precipitously drops off after yeah picks. like even more than well the nba like the top pick in the nba is probably the most valuable massive and then hockey but the thing with ho- like the nba is you can get away with in the nba you can legitimately are one you have immediate return on the draft pick value you do in, in the, the, N- sense in the nhl number on one you do too at, at number one, yeah, yeah. No, what I'm saying is, like, one, um, and it's different because, you know, let's be honest, as much as we talk about the NHL not being relevant in the U.S., it is the number one bar none sport in Canada. Now, that's 30 million people, so that's like L.A., uh, you know, L.A. and the extended counties. So, you know, what are we really talking about here? But um, in the NHL, you have guys who, you know, are, are some of them, you know, especially after the top couple of picks, you got guys who are just going to go spend a couple of years in minors. You got it's yeah. like the baseball draft. Like you don't have that guy slotted onto your team immediately. Whereas in the NBA, you got two rounds, and if and ninety percent of them, eighty five percent of them, they're on the team immediately, and you can see what they're about. And um, honestly, you know, uh, the lottery is going to provide you names. So in Canada, they might know these guys from major junior, but in the NBA, there's enough college basketball that's consumed in this country, which by the way, they have uh, probably a proper number of games. Uh, there's enough college basketball consumed in this country that, and, and so much conversation about it that, um, and the draft, which, you know, you're very helpful in obviously that people know the names. So you're getting names that are recognizable even deep into the, the first round. The NHL has gotten pretty good at like especially in canada like huge most people know who the first rounders are like yeah and listen i i I have i've dedicated most of most yeah i i I read hockey news every every couple weeks like i know uh it's really good at the same time uh they usually have one or two guys it's kind of like the nba except it's not it doesn't feel like it packs as much of a punch in that middle class of the first round where like five through 20 in the NBA draft, those feel like important picks in, you know, in the it NHL. It is in part due to the marketing apparatus of college basketball. It's true. hundred percent. I think that's hundred percent true. And you're just dealing, you're just dealing with more conversation about it. Maybe that's something that falls off or maybe that gets increased even more, but nevertheless with lottery reform and the way that it's happening, which by the way, Warriors fans are starting to get upset about and they can uh, empathize with Knicks fans. Cause apparently they have the same franchise these days, but, uh, uh, with lottery reform like you can't go full tank it's not as much of a benefit to you now now you're also creating a scarcity in a minor but still nevertheless a scarcity in playoff spots so where does that leave some teams you kind of got to shit or you know get off the pot and i think that that's going to be a good spot for plenty of teams uh that kind of have resided in the middle for a while uh, and, you know, if that's the collateral damage, if there's some collateral damage to be found there, so be it. Like, I, I'm not going to argue that we should keep in a system that rewards mediocrity to whatever degree. So basically where we're at here, the NBA, it has issues. I do think it has like a monetization <laughs> problem. I don't really think it's a viewership problem. Like, I think it's a monetization problem more than anything. Yeah, uh, we're... we're- I don't know if we're in full agreement because I think that uh, viewership and monetization are very closely tied together, um, more so than you. The NBA will try and keep the status quo as long as possible. How much of a disaster it is if it's, you know, basically the same deal. I don't think it's that big of a deal. You think it's a pretty major deal? I think that the NBA owners would have a pretty hard time accepting that when they see what the NFL owners are doing, you got to remember these guys like these guys uh, feel like they're in a special fraternity all together, and uh, they, you know, they didn't they they didn't buy an NBA team by being poor. And generally, I think the NBA is 
trying to position itself as the league of the future by Mm -hmm. putting more of its eggs in the basket of appeasing younger viewers as opposed to appeasing older viewers. And ultimately finding a way to monetize those younger viewers is going to be the longest, like the hardest part of all of this. And that's going to be the the problem that within the next 10 years, the NBA is going to have to solve. No question at all. Uh, that 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 is 100% true, and we came up with no solutions for that, but we did we did come up with the best possible solution for what you deemed a phantom problem. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> in on that idea. Like, I do think it would actually help a little bit. I think it, it would just make shit a little. More I don't fun. think it's a problem, but I think that would help it nonetheless. It can't hurt. Yeah. Well, it can, but not not to any degree where the benefits would not weigh the detriments. Yeah, I don't think it would. I don't think it would end up hindering. Um, awesome. That's, all that's we even got. better. We did we did well. We did well on this podcast. Um, so much, so much for wanna... we got 30 minutes, buddy. Yeah, I know. I wanted to go to the gym. Then I realized that there's another deal at 430 that I can do. I'm sorry that so... these takes were so hot. Yeah. Uh, since I'm stuck here for another hour, do you want to talk about movies? Sure. Would, uh, you went to see The Irishman this weekend. God bless America. That was long. Too long? Um, I still have not seen it. I, I am up to how many uh, yeah, movies have yeah, I seen? Yeah, here's the thing. I'm up to 84 I, 2019 releases I've seen this year. The Irishman is not one of them. Um, I would recommend that you don't go see it in a theater uh, just on the basic principle of um, it's three and a half hours long. Based and, on the basic principle of urine? Yeah, pretty much. And, and my uh, love of Coke Zero. Uh, it uh, It's not bad. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in any way alleging it's bad. I don't think it's some masterpiece or anything. Uh, it's good. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting. It was funny. Uh, there was some good guys getting shot, you know, good scenes where guys got shot in the head. That's always uh, enjoyable entertainment. Um, it was extremely Scorsese without, um, without anything where you felt like you were watching uh, a great movie. And, it dragged on. Probably, probably could have been. Listen, I, I'll give him. I'll give him the length. He was trying to tell a big arcing story. Uh, it was probably two movies. I don't know where you cut it so that it becomes movie one, movie two. Um, it was. Uh, it, it was. It was a big honker. There was. I don't really see a lot of places where you could cut it outside of maybe wrapping it up a little bit at the end. So it could have been probably half an hour shorter. It's still a three-hour movie. That's that's still a that's still a mega honker. So. Um, it just, it wasn't, I don't know if it was good enough to justify more than two hours, really, unless you're super into cinema, you know, and, yeah. and luckily I am. I, I, I felt better walking out of that movie than I did walking out of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Um, okay. Another honker. Uh, not, and, not that big. It's like two and a half. It was, but that's still pretty fucking long. Oh, man. it like, is. Like, I, I bitch about movies being two hours long sometimes. Yeah. Like, it just um, depends on how much story you have. Yeah, and frankly, I thought that the story was far more cohesive and linear. Uh, it was a straight linear story in, in, in The Irishman. I mean, we, yeah. we start at the beginning and we work our way up. Um, and, you know, rich characters and all that stuff. It, it doesn't matter that it's pretty much the exact same characters from every other Scorsese movie outside of The Departed. Uh, you know, it's just it's it's just this it's the same it's a it's a it's a scorsese mobster movie like the fuck do you expect um uh again it's not some masterpiece and you know as much as i didn't really like once upon a time in hollywood i can at least appreciate the sort of masturbatory nature of tarantino's filmmaking like he knows what he's about and he's gonna push it uh to an accept, you know, probably past the acceptable limit. Whereas Scorsese, I don't think really thinks on those same terms. So there was never really any moments that uh, 
felt deeply compelling or um, or like or captivating or, or grand. It was just um, it was just kind of a long book. Which movie did you think was more cinematic, Avengers or The Irishman? <laughs> is Marty listening? Is that uh, uh, this is the ultimate troll question? Do not answer it. I'll answer it. Uh, well, okay. Do, how about this? I'll, I'll, There's I'll no answer. way to answer this question. There, movies can be whatever people want them to be. Like it's it's fine to enjoy. Like let me put the it. Avengers, I, I, the Avengers say, can be cinematic. Uh, I didn't necessarily like. I, I'm not. I'm not Marvel or DC guy here. Uh, I, I, I go see them, but like as I've said before on the podcast, like the first Avengers, uh, I had to keep leaning over to Heather and being like, "Who is that?" Uh, like I didn't, I didn't know any of them uh, outside of like the main characters. Like I saw Ant Man. Like I guess that provided me some context. Uh, but like I didn't know all the Captain America backstory and like all that shit. Uh, and they were still good. And I still, you know, walked out going like, well, you know, better ways to waste my time. Um, Scorsese going on though about maybe like Avengers being like, oh, it's just you know CGI bullshit, this and that. Like he fucking age reversed robert de niro for like two hours in this movie like don't don't be getting on me about like cinema versus computers and crap which i know wasn't his point but like had to have been some sort of the undercurrent of it which is one of them's done on a green screen and the other one is you know actually acted out in a in a real world on a set you know kind of classic old stuff when you're fucking like age reversing robert de niro which by the way like barely worked like Robert De Niro is old as shit now, and so they age reverse him, and it's like, was he? You're telling me he's like supposed to be like twenty, twenty five, but he looks fifty. Like you can't age reverse someone no, that much without. So I haven't seen it, but from what I know, it's like, um, it, it's he's supposed to be like fifty, right? No, he was supposed to be like thirty something. Really? Okay, that's not great. Yeah, I mean, I, listen, I, I, I'm sure that they've had multiple things, but it's like, how much can the Snapchat filter fix this? Like <laughs> at a certain point, at a certain point, it just becomes airbrushed. Uh, and we've gone past the uncanny valley or whatever. Uh, it it was fine. It was fine. Uh, I again would recommend. It, it's not a movie that I that had any um, value in seeing on the big screen. Let's put it that way. Interesting. Um, okay. I thought. Yeah, I'll tell you who I thought was really uh, Pacino was like really good in it. That's he's the one that's getting like legitimate awards push. So. I wouldn't give it. I wouldn't give it to him. But he was good in it. Like he 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 stole the show in every scene. I don't know much about Jimmy Hoffa in, in general, so I appreciated that aspect as well. Like this is a real person. I know that he was supposed to. You know, he was important. Like I didn't know any of that stuff, even though I'd like to think that I, I read plenty. Uh, and uh, I, I knew some of it, but like nothing of, of detail. So this was. Um, you know, that was an interesting, rich kind of a uh, uh, faux history that we had going on. And, um, you know, they're, they're, that that shit I get a kick out of. So the middle part of the movie actually was really good. Um, yeah, beginning in the end, maybe not so much. Yeah, I'm going in, like, kind of expecting to think it's just fine. So I think that you'll come out maybe even pleasantly surprised. Okay. Um, I watched The Farewell yesterday. Oh, I just I just rented it. Oh, God. Oh, are you, are you watching it with Heather? No, no. I, I, I watch my artsy-fartsy films by myself because she doesn't like them. It's not really artsy-fartsy. It's, it's like... A, it's, a, it's A24. I mean, there's there's a certain line. I, 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 yeah, I know my audience it's... in that regard, and, and this this ain't her jam. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I like, straight up cried. Like, throughout, like, parts of it. Oh, it's... it's oh, okay. 
I will say that if you're going to watch it soon, like, oh yeah, straight up. Like part of it too is like, I just lost my grandmother too. Yeah. But like, no, that, that, that matters. Yeah. But like, Ooh, yeah. Ooh, I, don't, I don't know. If we should, okay. Yeah. Okay. That was, uh, I cry, I cry a lot for, for a, 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 a larger man. Uh, I'm very sensitive. And, uh, so I'm, I'm fucked. If you went, I'm, I'm gone. Yeah. There's just no way that that's, and I don't have great relationships with my grandparents. So, I yeah. can only imagine what's going to happen. Laura and I watched The King last night. What's The King? Is, oh, is that the Timothy Chalamet? Yes. How's that? Um, I did not really like it that much. <laughs> like, okay. I gave it like a C plus. I watched the previews. I, I watched the previews and I go like, hmm. And then I showed them to Heather and she was just like, nah. <laughs> like, so, that, looks, that looks dark and boring. Timothy Chalamet is pretty good. Is he playing Timothy Chalamet? No, he's not, actually. Uh, he plays Timothy Chalamet in a lot of movies, and I'm not um, the biggest fan of that. They gave Robert Pattinson a role as this French prince. Yes. And it is spectacular. He in is, a good way? Oh, they let him, like, create this goofy French accent and do this, oh. like, very physical performance that oh. involves him sitting down a lot, yet still being simultaneously physical. It is okay. a off-the-rails performance in the best possible way. Like, it's not, like, Academy Award-worthy or anything, but, like, okay. it is awesome. Cinema. It's, like, hilarious and okay. really good. Uh, it's, like, meant to be funny. Interesting. Um, All right. Something to, something to keep in mind. Yeah, we did Angel Has Fallen this yeah, weekend. I'm not, I'm not going to watch it. It was fine. Um, I, I take it that that was at... Was that in the theater or was that just on DVR? We, it, was, it just came out on Amazon Prime, so we just rented it. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Um... What else? Wilson. Peanut Butter Falcon. That was enjoyable. I haven't even heard of it. Well, no, I think I have heard of it. What is that? Um, Shia LaBeouf goes on. It's like a road oh, trip movie it's a, with is Shia it the guy with, It's Shia LaBeouf and the guy with Down Syndrome? Yes. Is it good? It's very good. It's very okay. enjoyable. It's not like, like I think it like might sometimes, be the... Sometimes those get set up where you're like, oh, this might be just like a really fun buddy movie. And then it turns out to be not a buddy movie. It got very dark. No, it's it's like somewhere in my, it's like probably like my 25th best 2019 release so far. Do you publish like. these, by the way? Do you just have like a running list that we can all I have access? a running list like privately. Yeah, take on that my shit. Thing. Take that shit uh, online, baby. I will at the end of the year. I want to, or once I hit a hundred, maybe because I'm my po- sixteen away from a hundred. Yeah, um, you'll get there, but my point is more to the effect of like allow people to know what it is that is good, so that they can get on it now. I'm speaking for myself, pretty much exclusively. I'm sure I could. I just tell text you, you what's any- good anyway. Yeah, I, I know. I know. At the same time, uh, you know, it'd just be great if I didn't have to actually contact you for this information. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> My my rate my movie rankings are hilarious. By the way, what is number one on the list right now? Parasite. Oh yeah, yeah, we talked about that real yeah. fast. Um, John Wick yeah. three is number two. Oh, okay. Booksmart is number three. Like, I liked books. I liked Booksmart. Very Book. distinctly different movies. Like I really yeah. go for a lot of different stuff. Um, yeah. yeah. Like hmm. my my hmm. list will be very different than I would imagine any other movie list that gets released every year. Like, cause people try and go like all, you know, artsy with movie lists. And you're not, you're not trying to impress anybody here. You're just no, telling it like it is. I want to enjoy a movie. Like I want to sit down and enjoy a movie. Like and this isn't, to say, it's just like sports. Listen, like, like I, I have Endgame really at number well six executed. right now. 
Like, I enjoyed Endgame. Did they execute what they were trying to execute yes. well? Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Like, how, is it, how is that a bad... How could that be a bad movie, then? The most hilarious... I have Endgame at 6 and mm-hmm. The Lighthouse at 7 right now. Oh, I, I kind of want to... I, I suppose, based on its rating, The Lighthouse is, is worth it. But that looks uh, interesting. It's very interesting. Again, I'm like... You're, on a, you're I kind think of the Pattinson what, Well, this is what I was about to say. I think that, like, what I've discovered over the last basically like year year and a half i think robert pattinson's like legit one of the most interesting act like this no is question. not he's an, a great actor not an exaggeration not a joke not like i genuinely believe he is fascinating in every role that he did takes. you see high life no i haven't yet it's bad yeah laura saw it and said it was fine i'll watch it at some point but I just it is yet. it's something i mean listen it, it certainly does not uh dispute your um your argument the argument that you just made and part of it is like he just does a lot of interesting shit like he yeah, just he, do- he doesn't give a fuck like he- he- it's it's somewhat beautiful and it's actually going to be kind of sad um him being like batman i love like, it like it, it kind no, of fills it, within it, it though like he it's just true. it's true i think he's gonna be a good batman as much as ever i think he's gonna be amazing on that People are yeah. kind of shitting on that. And I'm just like, you guys want to shit on Christian Bale as Batman too. And Christian Bale is a good Batman. I think Pattinson would be an elite Batman. Yeah, like, go watch The Lighthouse and tell me that that guy who is that good at acting. Or go watch yeah. Good Time. Or go watch, like, mm. any other movie he, that he's, like, Cosmopolis. He's really good yeah. at that. He's, like, no, he's he's an outstanding actor, and he he pushes he pushes boundaries, and you know he he's not um he's not playing Robert Pattinson. No, he, he never of, plays Robert. He Pattinson. never played. That's what's really interesting. Yeah, I actually felt like a little bit in High Life. There wasn't um like it it, it was to the point where the character development there was probably like too nuanced, right? Mm-hmm. Like it, yeah. it it was very uh verbal in having to explain why this was not Robert Pattinson, if that makes any sense. And it was like, yeah, no, I understand the scenario here. Like you're in space, there's a baby. Uh, we're going to do some flashbacks, but like, I don't know. You're still Robert Pattinson. Whereas in kind of any other movie, it's like, Oh, that's, that is not the guy who was in twilight. Yeah. I'm trying to think, did I see anything else? I watched like seven or eight movies this weekend. Cause Laura was sick and I took two days, like totally yeah. away from basketball, like did not watch a single basketball being dribbled. Let me tell weekend. you, you you really miss so much. Like I just, well, more than anything, I just found that like while I was trying to write these prospect things, that like my brain was just malfunctioning, yeah. and I needed a break. Like I just no. needed to like reset my brain. So I think, I think it's a it's a it's a noble thing to do. And uh, well, I think you're it's entitled- honestly, I think it's just like a mental health thing to do. Like you, well, you, you just know, need to like do it. I would like to note that you are entitled to two days off a week under the current schedule of how people work. It's funny. I <laughs> I called uh, my editor Sergio, mm-hmm. and he was like, "Are you calling me to ask if you can take off two days?" I was yeah. like, "Yes." I guess. <laughs> yeah. That's how I feel most of the time with my job. Like, uh, by the way, I'm going to actually like take days and it's like, Oh yeah. Like you're entitled no, to those. You're allowed to. He was like, no, like you should do that. Please, please do that. Like, yeah, you, you should not be doing this every week. And I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> I mean, you, you work seven days a week normally. Yeah. Yeah. In some regard, like, on Saturdays, I'll wake up, watch a couple games, write a little bit. Um, Sundays, yeah. like Laura, Laura sleeps in till nine thirty most days. Sundays, and God I'm at the her. point now where I can't really sleep in past seven. So, oh, like, Jesus. I'll, I'll wake Is that up. That's true. On, that sounds so sad. Yeah, I can't. No, like, I'm, you're, the last you're not, I would say four weeks, I've woken up at least at seven thirty. Would you? 
would you say you're a morning person or a night person? Um, I would say I'm turning more into a morning person. I yeah. used to be a night person. I'm not really there anymore. Define define night person as you understood it for yourself. I'm up until like midnight most nights. Like I'm oh, not. Okay, that doesn't even come close to qualifying as a night person, sir. No, I know. I'm not, like not, I'm not, not to get like gatekeeper-ish here, but like, come on. No, but like I used to be up until like three a three a.m. Most that days. that's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, like that's, yeah. that's well, like Laura goes to bed yeah. at you know typically eleven o'clock, and then I'll stay up and you know watch something for an hour, and then go- yeah, I mean that's the only time I can ever get anything done. <laughs> like, yeah, it's hard. Uh, it's it's I've been hosting radio from ten to to midnight, and people are like, "Oh, that time slot must suck," and it's just like, "No, that's pretty much the only time my brain ever operates correctly." Uh, so long as I'm properly caffeinated, like I'll come back and write after that. Like I've I've gotten so accustomed to writing after Warriors games for the morning that I'll start stuff at midnight and write until three. The other day, I just stayed up until six a.m. I like didn't even know why. That's that's a mistake. I just listened to Steely Dan for like three straight hours. It was weird. That's a mistake. It, I mean, it certainly was. But then I, you know, then I slept in a little bit uh, yesterday because I didn't have to be at the Niners game until one. Uh, yesterday being Sunday, uh, the Niners game until one. So I slept in until like you know I went to bed at like ten thirty. I woke up at ten thirty. Yeah, no, great. like on Friday night we went to a friend's like birthday party. By the way, I went to a house party on Friday night for the first time in years. And just like just like people having a party at their house. Yeah, like. Back in the good old days? Yeah. Wow. That's pretty no, great. There was no, like, pretense or dinner or anything? It was, no, 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 there was no pretense. They, like, barbecued things, like, while we were there. Mm. It was awesome. Does like, that qualify as a there barbecue? There was, like, a keg in the backyard. There was, like, a... I kind of, I kind of want to have a house party now. I don't yeah. know if I have enough friends. Like, you have a house, do it. I really don't know if I have enough friends. <laughs> Welcome to my life. I make that joke with Laura all the time. She's like, no, I don't think that's right really i mean i guess i could fuck i went to a house party uh jesus was that a calendar year ago <laughs> yeah like no, I, was, just, I just go to bars it was in the summer it was in the summer yeah like i just go to bars and meet people like the other thing too is like we live we live in uh we live on the island like we, we're not in the city uh it, it's a we have a lot of friends who live down by san jose uh we have a lot of friends who live in the city uh i have some friends that live in oakland but like nobody lives on the island with us and that's because you know we were able to get a house here and it was the long-term play like we're you know hoping to have kids and stuff down the line and um the schools here are great and stuff and like once if you have an opportunity to buy a house in the bay area like you can't really just do it for three or four years like you no, gotta go you all to, in yeah so we we just did the 10 year play and plus we're old and washed anyway. So like, we're like, this is great. Everything's walkable. Isn't Heather uh, like 27. <laughs> no, Heather's turning 30. Oh, is she? she? Tur- okay. No, she already turned 30. Okay. There we go. She, I feel she's not, she's not. Wait, Heather is older than me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You would never know by her temperament. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like this, this podcast just turned into Heather slander. Um, she's going to be angry. Uh, yes, I'm she's, sure she's been in, she's been in New York for 10 days. I'm just remembering all the reasons I like her and dislike her. Um, no, I think that, uh, for some reason, I think we had this conversation. And I think I just am misremembering. It has nothing to do with like me thinking she acts we, older. Or let younger. me put it to you this way: we both get uh, extremely carded. Oh yeah, when we went to the bar up, like what I was up there a year ago. Yeah. Uh, when we went to that bar in the bay, like she 100 percent got carded. You did. Oh, You're I, tall I, enough because you like you just are huge. So I'm like, tall. Yeah, I'm. T- they're just like well, he, he's clearly had a few, so yeah. I wouldn't be the first to serve him. Uh, I think that's more of the pickup. Uh, 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, no, like we, th- there's never been a circumstance where we have both sat down at a bar and neither of us have gotten carded. It's bizarre. It's very bizarre. That is not bizarre. Like, how is that bizarre? Like, that's normal practice. Why would you say that that's bizarre? Why are you making You're us You're talking to someone that has like a long beard right now and has been growing a beard basically from the time he was 12 years old. That's true. I'm trying to grow a beard right now. That's not going to go well. <laughs> I think I think it's going better than you think. Really? I think it is. I think I think I think that there's a chance I can pull this off. I don't think it's a great chance, but there there's like a, a I can a, like a, imagine you having like the Sidney Crosby issue of beards. Yeah, oh no, yeah, it, 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 I, I think that it's filling in a little bit better than it usually does. Like I, I feel like I feel like at age thirty one I might be able to finally grow facial. Oh my god! <laughs> I feel I feel I feel like we're close. I feel like we're close. Now, mind you, um, this is going to take some convincing. Uh, once Heather does get back from New York uh, later on this week, because uh, yeah, she's not going to care for it at all. But I realized the only reason I was shaving was because I went to the Niners game yesterday. Like I didn't look out of place. Like I, I honestly, it looked fine. Like it just looks like a normal. And you can do it in November because everyone's doing the Movember thing. And it's like you know, if I have to pay money to give this a try, I guess I will. But like you know, I'm not going with a full mustache. Like it's bad enough. I got a small enough mouth as is. Um, ironically of course that my mouth is physically small but um yeah i I think i think i think it's happening i think it's going to be okay um at least until i'm told that you know i have to leave the house yeah (laughs) you know that wedding in scotland i'm going alone yeah really (laughs) but some yeah i I, yeah Uh, one out of pure laziness and then two out of uh some sort of deep morbid desire Either. I'm seeing. I'm seeing if it happens, and uh, you know what? I'll just. Uh, it, you won't do a website, but maybe I will. Tell the people where they can find your work. I'm on. I'm on Twitter at Dieter D I E T E R. Uh, and then I bought a website the other day. Uh, I've, I've had DieterCurtainbach.com forever, um, but that's a lot of words, and people don't know how to spell it. So if you actually want to find all my work, you ready for this? Sam, are you ready for this? I am. Dieter.news. Dieter.news. I'm Google. I'm hitting this right yeah. now. It's just, uh, forward, it just it, forwards you to the Mercury News site. Whatever. Yeah, and I'm going to build it out once I get you know stuff. I'm building it out. Cut me some slack. It does forward to the Mercury News site as is, but like I thought that was a pretty clever move, sir. So I'm, cut me some slack. I'm in on that. There you go. I'm okay. So rel- that's where you can. That's where you can find me. You've been asking for years, and and now I have a much more direct manner in which to do that, as opposed to just you know figure it out on your own, lazy fuckers. Yeah. No. This is this is good. Go to Dieter.news. Yeah. I was I was I was I was trying to get like diet.er, but like I guess Etheria doesn't have its own extension. Like I was trying to get really clever with it. Um, we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm I'm just buying URLs lately. It's kind of a fun weird thing to do. Go to the athletic. Just keep me employed. That's all I got. Like, what is happening right now? Um, chaos. Just sheer chaos. Yeah. Uh, Ricky O'Donnell was on the first half of this podcast. Go follow Ricky at SBN underscore Ricky. Uh, hey, Ricky. Follow me, uh, Sam underscore Vicini. I don't know. We'll be back at some point this week. We'll talk about prospects. We'll talk some bullshit. I don't, I don't know, man. Like, this is... After this, I don't know really how you come back. Well, I was planning on being out of here at three, and here we are at four. It's been an extra hour of podcast. Again, when the takes are this hot, you just can't get out of the kitchen. I hate you so much. You should. You really should. (laughs) 
This has been the Game Theory Podcast. Please leave us ratings and reviews. Uh, we'll start reading those uh, again whenever I podcast later this week. Uh, you guys have done an excellent job building those out. I really appreciate it on iTunes specifically. Uh, it really does help get the word out about the podcast more. Until next time, though, we will talk soon. Bye. Bye.